The Damn Podcast is brought to you by the Influential Grooming Lounge. Welcome everybody into another episode of the Damn Podcast with your host Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado. Angie, as much as it was painful to watch the the Beavers game, they basically just got their ass kicked. That's all I'm going to say about it. I'll let you obviously kind of give your thoughts, but before anything, I just want to give a quick shout out to Jason Baptiste and the Influential Grooming Lounge because they sponsored the entire podcast. We that is so awesome. We finally have somebody who thinks a podcast is cool. We have two people. We have so two we have, people. We have a title sponsor now with the Influ- Influential Grooming Lounge, and we have Body of Health Wellness and Chiropractic who is sponsoring the damn questions. That's what I'm talking damn. about. Have, I, we, have we made it? I think we made it. Like, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if there's anything else we need to do, but, uh, I mean, shoot, Angie, we might be, we might be able to take some vacations. I'm I don't just know. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't get too excited. But no, thank you. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our listeners. Yes, thank um, you guys. Super, super exciting. This has yes. been um, a labor of love um, for it started with, with Brandon Sprague and myself and now with Marcus. Yes. And, and as painful as it is sometimes, just listen to us babble about yes. how Oregon State has potential and blah, 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 whatever it may be. There is hope. But, Angie, I want to hear your thoughts, if you have any, real quick, about the Cal game. Oh, you know what? I am going to keep it short and sweet. I feel like I've kind of exhausted everything I have to say with he said, she said yesterday and, and just all of our posts in the lodge. I, F, failure across the board. Um, you know, my biggest disappointment was just the fact that the team came out flat. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, to me, that's unacceptable because you might be mismatched and, and not able to compete um, physically, but you should always be able to come out and give your best. I mean, that what that did, they had a good crowd. It was a good day, beautiful weather. Um, you know, now they're playing USC in two weeks on at home, a 7 o'clock kick. Uh, you know, I, I don't see a huge turnout for that game. But, right. It will, yeah. And that's just, it's just frustrating, Angie, because as much as, you know, actually I should say when I read that article, I was like, damn, Angie, let them know. Like, you, <laughs> that was a good article. You kind of just, you kind of just, went off and it was nice because somebody needs to write everybody needs to at some point i know i did a couple weeks ago but angie i mean you're right everything in that article is 100 percent true what they should be doing yeah i mean it's it's just hard i know it's it's hard to write negative too right i I don't want to be negative but that just overall was a disaster so but i personally I, i don't really feel like we need to rehash if, unless you want to talk about nope. plays, I, I think it's time nope. to go forward. <laughs> and let's just talk about, you know, going forward here. Yes. So, well, we could do this. We can, because I was actually curious, Angie, what you thought maybe should happen, at least with recruiting. Because I know recruiting-wise, we have, I wouldn't say we have a terrible class. I actually think we have some pretty good kids coming in that can play some some damn good football. We have good transfers coming in that will be able to play, right? That's big. That's always yep, nice. Yep. That's always some hope. And a lot of people have been saying this. I don't know if I went back on it one time. Maybe I did because I was like, they do have talent because they do, but the talent that they have is just not disciplined. But let's talk. I, I, I'm thinking that maybe the JUCO route, right? And because even when I was talking to Will Darkins, who used to play fullback for Oregon State today at the station – he was telling me, he was like, listen, man, like, what I think they need to do is go the JUCO route. That's what Coach Erickson did. You go the JUCO route. What you do is you build a base because that's the problem. Oregon State doesn't have a base. 
So you build a base, and then from there, that's where you can get your recruiting, and you can at least win some games and maybe uh, steal a guy or two and not just have it be off of, right, like, okay, you can play a lot when you get here or whatever it is or whatever you sell Oregon State on, right? You have a base. You could say, hey, we're winning games, so this is why you want to come here. But I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts if you think the JUCO route might be a good route. JUCO, you know, is always, is always you know, a, a route, but it's it's changed a lot since when, when Coach Erickson tapped into it in that a lot of other programs are using the JUCOs. You know, it used to be that the big programs never went JUCO route. Um, now they are. So um, Oregon State would be competing for the, you know, the top JUCO guys are the guys that everybody wants. And uh, sometimes JUCOs are, are pro- projects. I mean, we've seen uh, – how many JUCO alignment have we seen in the last couple of years that have not even played a right. snap? So they can still be big projects that, that don't pan out. So if you're going to take a JUCO, you know, it is a risk because you get them for two years, maybe three, if they have that red shirt available. So they better damn well be good yeah. because, frankly – there's been a lot of JUCOs that, that haven't, uh, you know, panned out. And, and guys go to JUCOs for lots of different reasons. You know, there's guys that go because they couldn't qualify academically right out of high school. There's guys that, you know, feel that they didn't get a look, and then they, you know, mature over a couple years and, and are ready to go. So um, defensive line, absolutely. They need some, some JUCO help there. Um, and I, I think they're going to go for two to three JUCO D linemen. But um, one of our damn questions, and I think it, it might be a good, a good point just to do this. One of our damn questions from the lodge was asking us to kind of go through our commit list right now and, and just see where we see guys that maybe could come in and immediately play um, and, and be a, an upgrade in talent from what we have. And, and, you know, like looking at the list right now, I pulled up Omar Spates right now, hands down, ready to come in and play. I expect him to be a starting uh, inside linebacker next year for Oregon State. So, um, you know, the or- the Beavers have struggled so much in the middle of that defense, and uh, I expect him to come right in. Um, looking at the transfers, you have Avery Roberts. He'll be he'll be one to go immediately. I've heard great things about him at practice. Um, Teron Madison is a running back. You know, I, I think he has more talent than a couple guys right now on the roster. He's not going to be beating out AP or uh, Jamar anytime soon, but uh, – Definitely has some moves. Juco, Trevon Clark. I don't know if you've seen a lot of the film yet. I know you're going to be breaking down these guys for us, Marcus. Yeah, but, I know, will Tre- be. Uh, I haven't watched a ton of film on them yet, but uh, that's what I plan on doing today because, you know, I don't really have a life outside of football and, and sports. So. <laughs> <Where do> you <laughs> why? <laughs> um, yeah, Trevon Clark, he's a Juco, so he's a wide receiver, 6'4", 180. He's having a big year, and, and to be completely honest, and, and this is a guy that I – I'm watching because he is, his stock is taking off right now. He's picked up some interest from other schools. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how, how uh, firm he is in his commitment. But, you know, those guys that love the D-line, Kelson Hennessy out of Clackamas, 6'5", 250. I don't know if he'll be ready to jump right in um, as a D-end, D-tackle. Um, but then remember there's a couple guys that are redshirting from last year in uh, Keyshawn Dawkins and Bradley Bickler, hearing great things about Bickler especially. Um, who's a, who's redshirting right now? Right, so you have some help on the way, yeah. A, as you help. would say, there's. I mean, especially with those transfers, and like we said, not one player can come in and like wave a magical wand and everything's going to be okay and the defense is going to be fine. But I think well, that D line, though. I right. mean, those guys. I mean, I'm looking right down. Evan Bennett, the D tackle out of Matter Day, he'll he'll come in and push oh, for starting time easily. I have no doubt in my mind. So, Marcus, I, I know you're an offensive guy, and we've been talking a ton about defense, but 
Anthony Gould out of West Salem is one that, you know, I look at the, at the roster right now, and I'm not seeing anyone that is giving the Oregon State a true downfield threat. But they just don't have that top-end speed. But Anthony Gould, I think, is one of those guys that, that will come in and, and, and have that speed. Right, and when you, when you see, I think just the biggest thing, because you, like, you have some speed with Trayvon Bradford, right? But yeah, yeah. The, the problem is, is like, I think the Beavers right now, since he's you know, one of the few guys that can really go out and make a big play every single time, it's it's the same thing that we saw with Victor Bolden. Like, Vic yep. is in the NFL, right? There's a reason he's in the NFL. He's talented. He's fast. He has all this playmaking ability. But when you go to him almost every other play, it's easy for a defense, and it's easy for him to be tired, and it's easy for a defense to understand what they're trying to do or what an offense oh, I mean, is trying to do. That's just it. I mean, we're, we're seeing teams now just stack the box to stop the run game, and then they have guys that can go man-on-man with an Isaiah or, or Trevon. Right, and it's just – it's just the timing. The offensive line hasn't been blocking very well. You have a great receiver with Isaiah Hodgins. Isaiah Hodgins is going to be an all Pac-12 guy, but it's just it's timing. It's everything because you could have a great player like we did in Vic, and we still don't see the wins, right, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So it's just like when you get help and you have like a refreshing – like you have refreshing faces coming in that you know can play right away – it's just that much better because you're like, okay, we have some help. So maybe it's not another year where the defense is really going to be statistically. I think they're bottom three in the in the country, and it's and bottom two. Oh UConn is the only one um, that is below them. Yeah. See, and that just makes no sense to me. And Angie, maybe we can just hit that real quick, unless there's any more recruiting things you want to talk about. No, no, and we have some good questions, too. Lots of really good questions today. So, yeah. But, no, let's let's talk about that, because the defense is statistically worse than they were last year. They're right. giving up nearly 50 yards more per game this year than last year. Well, and it's just – it's trying to understand your role. And I know I was I tweeted out during the game some things. I was just like, you know, defense has to be disciplined in all caps. They have to tackle in all caps and quit, and quit trying to be Superman in all caps because yeah. that's exactly yeah. what they do, right? When it comes to even a great example is uh, Andre Hughes-Murray. He What he had to do on that Patrick Laird wheel route, all he had to do was stick with man, right? He was manned up on him. So what they teach you at that point is don't bite too hard because there's only a couple things a running back is going to do out of the backfield. He'll either one – come out on a, on like a quick out, which is exactly what a wheel route was supposed to look like at first, and then Andre bid on it because he wasn't disciplined enough to sit back and read it before anything. Yeah, you maybe give up three or four yards, but that's better than giving up a 50-yard touchdown pass, right? Yeah. And then yeah. so from there, all Patrick Laird had to do was just turn his shoulders, drop his hips, and take off, and Andre couldn't keep up. That's this kind of stuff is you have to be disciplined. You have to know your assignment. And even it goes back to watching film. I knew for a fact every time Patrick Laird would motion out of the backfield or their running back would motion out of the backfield or it's third and four, what are they going to do? They're probably going to do a QB run. They're probably going to do a QB sneak. Like you have to understand like a QB draw, anything up the middle with the QB because that's been one of their only plays that works. And so that's the thing I'm talking about is these guys, and we put it on the coaches a lot, but at some point like there's multiple times in the game where if the or if the defense is in their spot and doing what they're supposed to do and their assignment, Cal isn't making touchdowns or making these big plays. Angie, we you know we always talk about it off air, but it's just the fact that they're not disciplined. I don't know if they yeah. know like if it comes down to listen, man. You know what's going to get you to the NFL is 
doing your job and doing it well, not doing your job and trying to do someone else's job because that's yeah, when exactly. you mess everything up on the, I mean, on the defense. And, and I'll never, ever forget a conversation I had um, with Coach Banker when he was defensive coordinator. And I was asking him, it was when um, Oregon, with the whole, with Chip Kelly and the whole, the kind of the spread offense kind of came into play and the zone read and all of that. And I asked him, I said, you know, it was after Oregon State got beat in the Civil War. And, you know, I said, how do you stop that? How, you know, and he's defend against it, you know, and he, he had some critical words. You know, he just said, basically, we needed our guys to stay disciplined and trust their their assignment and not try to do too much. And we had guys, especially on defensive ends, that were trying to do too much. And that then they were out of position and it, it messed everything up. So that's what this team, you know, they've been getting run. You know, we, we saw a play, that first touchdown, Malik McMorris, he marched to the end zone completely untouched. Hamilcar should have put a hand on him, didn't. Hamilcar crushed, crushed the line. Malik McMark goes to the end zone and touched right. and has uh, a touchdown. So, well, right. yeah. that, again, and, was, you know, yeah. for him, for, for Hamilcar, here he is probably sick and tired of getting run on every single play and is like, dude, I'm going to try to do something to stop the run. And he didn't, do, you know, do his assignment. Right. And that's, I mean, that's with. That's when I did that play breakdown because, yeah, Hamica should have should have at least put a hand on him to slow him down. At the same time, that's Shamar Smith's man. He's supposed to be manned up on him. So when he rolls out untouched, Shamar crashes down because he sees that it's play action or yeah. he sees that the run fake and he wants to go make the play. And then you look back and you're like, well, damn, there's the guy wide open in the end zone. And all you know, Chase Gabbard has to do is basically granny shot it in the back of the end zone and then he's wide open for a touchdown. The ball probably had – three seconds of air time, I mean, of hang time, too, and nobody was there. Yeah. And even then, you know, not only was that guy wide open, but it's Matthew Tago's guy was wide open as well on the backside. So you had two receivers, the only two receivers, I should say, that go out on routes in that goal line formation were wide open. So yeah. you're like, okay, well, there's 11 of you guys on the field. What exactly is everyone's job? And that's the biggest problem on defense. It's not schemes because – you know, after going back and breaking down all this film with all these games, yeah, sometimes Coach Tibazar, you're like, what are you doing? But you have to see it from his point of view, too. And I don't think that's what a lot of fans are understanding is that when you have this, a defense like this, it's it's too hard to predict what they're going to do. So if he's the way he's looking at it now is exactly what Washington State does, exactly what Oregon does. And, you know, Cal's. Kyle kind of was the first kind of people to do it within these last couple of years is, okay, maybe we don't have the size, the athletes, the the physique, whatever it is, right? But what we're going to do is we're going to keep everything in front of us so we don't get beat with these big plays. So then yeah. you're giving up chunk yards. Yeah, it sucks because your defense gets wore out, but it's like the only way that the defense can really score is if they're breaking three, four, five tackles to get into the end zone. And then you're like, okay, well, that's a great – you know, that's a great way to look at it because if you don't have the athletes, you can at least get gang tackles, and then from there maybe the offense makes a mistake or whatever it is and the drive isn't perfect. But that's the problem is that, <laughs> Andrew, we talked about this off here. Yeah, you can you have to break three or four tackles, but that's what they're doing every time they score. Every time. Like, yeah, no, every single time. And that's the problem. It's just, And the lack of big plays is, is awful. I mean, and we, we've talked about, you know, the problems up front in the, you know, the middle of the, of the defense, but – I mean, Oregon State has struggled crazy amount just to even to cut, to have a sack, or I think they have seven sacks on the year. Yeah, something like that. I mean, shoot, Cal had seven sacks in that game. In that game, <laughs> they had is, twelve. 
tackles for loss. Which is just horrible. And I, I think it was out of those, I think it was out of the 12 tackles for loss and the seven sacks, I think it was five of them were from, from defensive linemen. And then I think it was seven of them were from, the seven tackles for loss were from uh, the defensive line as well. And yeah. so it's, you know, it was frustrating because I was like, man, like, what is going on? Like, how how is everybody that much more ahead of us? But it's not that – and, you know, athlete for athlete, yeah, Cal probably has better athletes. But watching those guys play – I mean, shoot, their starting running back was like a – is like a fifth-year, uh, like, walk-on. And then yeah, and yeah. then he got – he earned a scholarship. And, Angie, I know for a fact the same thing for you – I get really tired of watching these games and hearing them damn commentators say, well, for example, Patrick Laird has been struggling all season long, or Chase, yeah. Gabbert, Chase Gabbert has been struggling all season long and can't, right? He hasn't been able to complete a downfield pass in however long. And then all of a sudden he comes out and throws for over 200 yards and three touchdowns, basically perfect on the day. Patrick Laird runs for basically 200 yards. I no, so that's, we, we sit by, um, in the press box, we always are, are placed by the visiting team's SID. And, it's like crazy. I mean, we're making these teams all world. They're sitting there going, oh, my gosh, that's a record for tackles for loss. Oh, wow, that's a record for, for sacks in a game. Oh, wow. And you're right. Just like, and, you and it's like, I just want to understand if that, like, like, how does that not piss off the team? Like, and maybe yeah, it's just yeah. me because I'm way too competitive. But even Will, like, Will hasn't played. I think it's been, like, almost nine years since Will's played. Or Jason Baptiste, Evanson Bernard, or whoever. But, like. You could tell, like, during the game, they're into it. They're, like, if if something good happens, I remember watching Ev on the sideline, like, doing that, whatever they call that, a heel click? I don't know, but (laughs) he was, like, jumping up and down, like, like, chest bumping people. I'm like, see, that is what, like, what you want to see. But then you see something, like, when it goes bad, and I'm sitting in the press box, Angie, and you know this because you and Amy sometimes are like, hey, Marcus, you got to call, like, quiet down. But I'm like, damn, like, what are you doing, so-and-so, like, you yeah. know that's your guy. You know you're supposed to do that. What are you doing? I'm like yelling in the press box. Oh, I mean, seriously, on social media, you know, I've been doing this. I've been covering this team for 12 years. I know a lot of these guys, these former players, and I'm friends with them on social media and to watch their reaction. You know, I mean, they're just like any other fan. They were, they were, you know, calling out players on social media like, what the hell? You yeah. know, make a tackle for loss. Come on. Yeah. Um, Everybody's just as you know competitive, or competitive, and, and wants to see Oregon State win. But I think you're right, and that's something I, I've kind of thought about too. Is who, especially in defense, who is that leader in the locker room? That you know, whether it's a player meeting or just being able to get guys, you know, shake their face mask a little bit and say, you know, dude, if you don't want to be here, go shower. Well, that, and that's what we're talking about. It's like, listen, if you just want to be on the team to get your scholarship check. Or if you're a walk-on and you just want to be on the team so you can get the cool, you know, social media gear. pictures yeah, and, and yeah. the cool gear, then that's... You have all the girls liking you. Yeah, right. Then, okay, cool. But go, like, stay over there, right? So when yeah, we're doing yeah. scout teams, stand in the back. Or scholarship guys, if if you just want the money and the gear and all that and, like, get your school paid for, I get it. If you get free school... Don't, don't, worry, about getting, don't worry about getting hurt then. Yeah, yeah. like, just Ooh. stay off the field. But for the guys who want to be there and... And that's why I was, you know, I was talking to some players. I don't even know if I can be able to say their name or if I'm going to get in trouble, so I won't. But I was talking to a couple players on defense, like especially one in particular. I was talking to him. I was like, listen, man. And he came to me. He was like, Marcus. And he was reaching out, which I thought was big. Like, that's the sign of growth. But you're like, damn, man, like get everybody else to be like that. Yeah. 
he reached out and he said, listen, I know you're going to keep it real with me because you do. And a lot of guys don't like to hear that, but, like, what have I been doing wrong? Like, what are you seeing out there from my point of view? And so I went back to the game, and I watched the full thing, and I gave this kid, like, two pages of notes. Like, he had some great plays. He had some really shitty plays. But regardless, I was like, he wants to get better, and he cares. And I was yeah. telling him, I was like, listen, man, like, for the, for players like you who don't come from a lot then get to come and see all this and play like this, like, that's huge. But for other players who don't really have to go through a struggle and just get their school paid for, like you have to realize like teams that you're playing against, when you're playing against those bigger LA schools or whoever it is, like these guys, like this is how they're feeding their family. Like they're gonna get their degree, then they're gonna go to the NFL, go to the NFL, but they have a whole different level of care because these kids, like, this is the way that they're gonna make it, and this is the way that they take the next step and take care of their family, provide for their family. But for those guys who, like, don't really have to worry about that, it's not as big of a deal. So you're like, yeah, it sucks. We lost. But, hey, think about it. Like, my school's paid for. I don't have to pay for my books. Like, I get cool gear. Then afterwards, you know, when I'm older, I can tell my kids I played for Oregon State. Right? And that's kind of, like, the difference. And I see that on the on this team. And that's why, you know, it's – Now, where does the pride factor come in? I mean, like, I, I have a friend that played – he was there for the, the Riley Erickson transition, and, and he told me, he's like, there were guys like that. And Erickson just told him flat out, like, at practice, if they weren't bringing their all, it was like, go to the shower. Uh, we don't want you here today. And there's that pride. You know, he's a, for, you know, first year, we didn't win that many games. But there was a pride. I mean, there is no home field advantage anymore at Reeser. None. It's like guys don't even freaking care that yeah, it's home field. It, well, they don't. And it's that should be, like, that's your strong point. If you're playing in front of your crowd, you're playing in front of, whoever right you should <laughs> like i mean there should be a pride back yeah like, like this is our home like we're not going to get our ass beat on our home field like that's and i know for a fact like i i think i already said it on one of the podcasts i would cry almost every single time we lost and it wasn't because even if i played bad or i played great i just hate losing more than yeah. anything if i'm playing cards with you and you beat me like a little part of me wants to cry inside but you're not seeing that from these guys. Like, you're seeing them, like, like you see some, right? You see some of those guys who really want to be there and really want to play and put all this effort in. And so when they lose that, they cry. But then you see others who, unfortunately, get playing time. And when they lose, they don't care. Like, they just walk they, they walk back in the stadium. They get their free food from what whatever we get after the game. They go home, see their family. They shower. They hang out, play Xbox, and maybe go out and drink later that night. Like, I get it. You want to go have fun because you're in college, but damn, man, like that was the thing for me is I wanted to win football games. You know what's being, you know what's cool is not being the guy to show up, the football player to show up to every party and actually gets to play is winning games. Like that's yeah. cool to me. Like yeah, yeah. That, that's cool to everybody. Like I don't understand. Like there, I think it's just a whole different mindset that some of these guys have. And when I say some of these guys, maybe it's just like five, maybe it's just 10. Maybe it's more. Maybe it's all of them. Maybe it's none of them. Who knows? But you just have to, like, you're just like, what is going on? Like, there has to be something because I knew for a fact when we lost, uh, when we went 2-10 and 10 with Coach Anderson, I think it was his first year maybe, and we got smacked by UCLA. I think we lost. It was 48 to nothing at the first quarter of that yeah, first half. Yeah. Something disgusting. Yeah. And I remember I was, I played, like, I was just on kickoff and kickoff return. And we lost, and I bawled my eyes out. But then I look over, and I'm not going to say any names, but there were two two younger guys who, who play a lot more than I do. And they were like, well, I mean, yeah, we lost, but hey, man, like, 
At least we get Qdoba after the game. And I, I've never, ever wanted just to hit somebody in the face as hard as I could, as many times as I could, until I heard that. Right? And maybe yeah. that's the problem. You know, Andrew, yeah. maybe that's it. Offensively and defensively is just different they're mindset. Settling. They're, yeah. they're settling for, you know, I don't know. Right. It's, and we can't solve it. But uh, yeah. maybe, maybe they let you and I into the locker room just to, like, bust some chops. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. Last time I tried to do that, what happens – you get backlash on Twitter because listen, yeah, he played. He played pretty well. There was times he messed up, but I told him, "Hey, like, just prove me wrong. Prove to me that you guys want to be there and you guys aren't just going through the motions in practice." And he did get beat, but he did make some great plays. And I mean, that's what I'm here. That listen, Angie, you know, if you're in this industry, you have to have tough skin because people yeah. are going to come at yeah. you, whether it's players, fans, whoever. But like. Take some pride, like take some pride in that. If I was him, I'd be like, okay, this dude's watching me play right now. I know for a fact, and I'm going to shut him up real quick. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's just it. The pride, right? They win or lose, have some pride in what you're doing. And you know, I think fans and friends, whatever, if you're giving it your all and you're leaving it all on the field, people can tell. People can see that, and it it's like, okay, they lost. They're just outmanned. But when you come out with no heart, I mean, dude, some of the offensive line, and they had been playing really well against Washington State. I, I was watching 300-plus pounders on Beaver's offensive line get pushed around like a feather, like pushed on their ass. Unacceptable. Yeah. I mean, come on. Have some fight. You know, that's, that's I guess, what I want to see. Win or lose, just come out and have some pride. Protect your house. Um, get that home field advantage back. You can say, well, the fans aren't really loud. Well, the student section's been in it the past couple games. and uh, But you also got to show up. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just frustrating, Angie. And, and maybe it we is. should just – Should just, we uh, move to Dan's <clears throat> question? Damn questions are brought to you by Body of Health Chiropractic and Wellness Center. Dr. Jason Young has been the chiropractor for Oregon State Athletics since 2011. Go to yourbodyofhealth.com for more information. Okay. I've got a ton here on Blitz. Um, some really, really good ones, I think, that will are pretty thought-provoking. I'm going to start with this one because I just love JP. He's a long time. I mean, he's one of the, the founding fathers of Blitz, and, and he's kind of funny, too. First-time caller, long-time listener. Don't you love that on radio? <laughs> you do um, love that. <laughs> um, and then, you know, that I'll, I'll take your answer off air. It's always a good one. Anyway, Angie, you made the statement in the he said, she said that Smith desperately needs to open up the comp- competitions at every position. I doubt he will, but he needs to do something to bring back the competitive fire. Two-part question. Which players or general position groups do you feel we have underutilized talent that deserves more playing time? And why do you feel Smith... Um, if he's even setting up the lineups, um, reluct or um, why do you suggest that and have open competition between at this point in the season that he's reluctant to do so? Um, well, I mean, just looking at it, Marcus. I mean, you look at who's playing, and I, and I don't. I think I said earlier in the pod that I, I, I'm not going to just say one position group because you know what? Honestly, on the roster, I mean, these coaches know these guys. Um, you know, they know what they have, mm-hmm. right? But. I'm not saying anybody's going to be better, but at this point, I think maybe that helps the guys that are going through the motions. If they feel that their job's not safe, that they might not be playing, maybe it lights a fire under them. Right, and that and see, that was the thing, I think, with AP at the beginning of the season was he knew that Jamar was going to come in, and Jamar was a great player. Like, that, you could yeah. tell through all, you know, not only through the social media and all that, but 
he got to play with him. He got to watch film with him, see how hard he worked. And so AP had to step his game up. So he came out in Ohio State and made a huge statement. And it's that kind of competition that the Beavers need because you have players that in position groups that they're like, okay, I'm older, so I'm going to get a play, at least get a play. But frankly, for Coach Smith at this point, you don't really have a lot to lose. You might as well just say, you know what, forget it. If you're not going to give me all your effort and you're not going to work as hard as you can, then shoot, I'll bring up somebody from scout team who wants to yeah, play. Yeah, and That's I mean, what they should do. Like I said, I'm not saying anybody's better, but, you know, I mean, there's guys out there, and maybe it's some of the younger guys. And I know we're seeing young linebackers play, and, and um, you know, we're, we're seeing some guys, but let those scout guys play. Can't get any worse. Yeah, let them play. Might as well. So, um that, that was a good question. That was a good um, question. Jeez. Here, Black Bandit says, I know you guys don't get to watch practice, but hopefully you have some complimentary Beaver Blitz subscribers who are part of the field crew or support staff. Um, what in God's name are they doing in practice? I don't <laughs> see the sideline fire and high energy out of the defensive coaches that I thought we'd see. And that is standard in most Power 5 teams. Bray and Tibbs came advertised as high-energy guys. Who's getting in these guys' faces as they come on the field? Does Tibbs need to get himself down on the sidelines and look these guys in the eye? I think so. I think Coach Bray, I know for a fact Coach Bray, I see him when I'm up in the press box, is losing his mind sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, Coach Bray is Coach Bray is like the most intense slash intimidating (laughs) coaches I've met. He's just really loud, I should say, but um, I I think. I think Trent would like put on a uniform right now. If, oh, absolutely! If he, could, if he could get away with it, he would be on the field making tackles. <laughs> he would, but Angie, like we said, like that's a great question, and maybe maybe Coach Tibbs does need to be down there in people's faces. But at the end of the day, as much as you yell at a player, as much as you try to light a fire, it's a care factor thing. If they yeah, if yeah. they're not going to come out and you know, college football is all about hype, right? And I don't want to say maybe it's on the stadium or whoever does the pregame stuff or the postgame stuff, but I remember every time I ran out of the tunnel, I was hyped. I was ready to play. I was screaming at the crowd, like, everything. Like, I was hyped. But you you can't rely on maybe music, maybe, like, the crowd to get you hyped. Like, you get to play football. Not a lot, like, out of millions of kids that come out of high school wanting to play football, you're one of hundreds of in, right, right, like, in this Power Five conference that get to play. So you should be excited. You should be, like, you shouldn't have to have music or have whatever a coach yell in your face to be hyped to play football. Like, and you play 12 games a year, six right. of them at home. I mean, you have six chances to and, play this. And you just don't, like, that. Was, I mean, that's a great question. Maybe that's what they need, but this is more on the players to me because I know I was Marcus, kind of, you didn't need to get yelled at and screamed at to get hyped. No, absolutely not. I get hyped sitting in the press box. I don't have to do nothing. <laughs> Like, I'm usually eating whatever food they have up there. He does. He does, guys. Seriously, Marcus will sit down the row from us, and seriously, we'll hear him. Like, ah. (laughs) I just get hyped because I love the game, and I would think that these players love the game. And like we said, when we say these players, it's we're not going to – I'm not saying every single one of them. I'm saying the group or the small amount that that frankly need to just be weaved out (laughs) – like get them out some way. If even if it's not kicking them off the team, like just have them go to scout team or let them just go drink water or just let them sit in transitional rehab. Like, who cares? But if you don't want to play, then don't be there. Like, you're just wasting everyone else's time, especially Coach Smith. And that's a big thing with all these coaches is that, yeah, they get paid to do it. They get paid quite a bit of money to do it. It's not like it's a like you got to wake up and do construction every day. So for people who do, I give you all the props in the world, but. 
Like, these coaches are giving you all this effort and giving you all this, and you can't even give them that back? Like, come on. Like, and I don't want to say you're pampered, but I know for a fact being in that position, like, you don't buy, you don't have to buy your groceries. You don't have to pay for really much. You don't have to pay for a lot. Like, you get everything. They get all our clothes. I yeah, mean, you get clothes, clothes, you get food, you get a lot of that paid for. I know they take up your time. It's like a full-time job, but what do you get in return? Free meals? As soon as I was done playing and I stopped getting free meals? Come on, man. I was like, goodness gracious. I well, and the connections you make, right? The connections right. you make with the fraternity of former football players that, that you know, you ha- are dialed in with, the alumni that you're dialed in with that, can help you network with jobs. I mean, it's huge. Yeah, it is huge. And you can't give these guys effort. Like, come on. That's what I'm saying. And so that's what I'm saying. The few that maybe aren't giving effort, like, just go. Like, you're making this harder on everybody. Just leave. So, Angie, do you have another question? I'm sorry. We kind of started ranting. No, I know. And, and a lot of them are about this, right? They're all kind of ask. Of, I guess I kind of hit a, a hot button here with the, uh, the talk about uh, playing other people. Um, go Beavs. Go Bevos. Um, well, he wants to know how many Beaver coaches or football employees are currently Blitz members. Um, if any of them read this site at all, they would see that the that while the flaming torches and pitchforks aren't quite out of storage yet, um, there are rumblings. Surely there are a few reading the comments. I do like the idea of an open competition. Um, which players might have the it factor that could help out? You know, I, I'm not going to call out anybody. I do know people in the Valley Center, in Gill, in at Oregon State Read the site. Um, they they keep tabs on what's going on. Um, open. I, I don't like I said earlier. There's not a lot of guys. I I wouldn't go out and be burning a bunch of red shirts. You know, I'm not ready to go throw Doc, you know Dawkins and Bickler in the mix just to do so because yeah, they're not going bowling. Same with David Morris, right? I mean, even if he was ready to go. It's a waste of a season to bring him back for for a game or two, so or five games. Um, so that's you know where that one's at. Um, and then here he just said, not to sound snide, but due to our lack of depth, I'm not sure what positions we'd be rotating. I think we are grabbing for tracers here. Maybe mm-hmm. they can find chemistry, which we talked about. And then I have a whole bunch here, Matt Chiafoni. You never let us down. You always give us a ton of questions. So he has six. Whoa! <laughs> All right. Yes. Okay, so, um, I, you know, I'm going to go off topic here because question number three is, does Tinkle and his crew make the tournament this year? What do you oh, think? Oh, absolutely. Okay, okay, see. That's, I'm going to go a little off topic, though. That, was, that was one of Matt's questions. Um, he wants us to talk him off the ledge. He said, I've, I've had much fun. I haven't had much fun um, going to games in recent years, and I'm considering dropping my season tickets next year. What shouldn't I, why shouldn't I do it? Okay, that's a good, dang, that's what I'm talking about, that's a good question, this is what we're here for. Well, this is what I will say to begin with. Marcus is rolling up his sleeves right now. I am, I was rolling up the sleeves, I just had a drink of water, I'm ready. he's ready. So, why shouldn't? I would say you shouldn't because, look at it like this, you see a team, and I'll always use this example because I have nothing but respect for this program, is Colorado. Colorado, like, I'm not kidding when I say this, people. I used to make fun of people. Like, I went to a lot of camps, and people used to get offers from Colorado, and I used to make fun of them. As bully as that sounds, like, I know it sounds terrible. It really does. But I truly used to be like, you are really considering going to Colorado. Like, they're getting beat 78 to nothing. 78 to 7. 70 to whatever. 50 to nothing. Like, they are getting blown out. 
and right, you see that. And I know it's it's Oregon State seems like it's been a slump longer, but look at them now. Like they go, and I know Nebraska isn't the best team in the world right now. Like they're actually not very good. But you go to Nebraska this season, you beat their ass, right? You go, you get to go to a Pac-12 championship game against Washington. Unfortunately, you lose to a great Washington team, but you win ten games. You get top defenses, you get top offenses, and they started out a lot like Oregon State is. Is they're not getting good recruits or great recruits. It's hard because the talent there just didn't seem to be matching up with anybody else. You have to be dragged through the mud. I remember I watched one televised game that they had when they were really, really bad, and they were like, I think I would, I could honestly say it looked like there's maybe 4,000 people in the stands. <laughs> and you know that hurts at, for a player, but look at it now. Like, look at them now, right? They're, they're great competition against almost anybody. A couple of years ago, they were top team, well, you know, arguably top three team in the Pac-12. I mean, they have, you see, like, you can build into this. And, well, and Washington State was the same, right? right? And I mean, Washington State was the exact same Wolf way. And, yeah, yeah. And my, my roommate actually right now used to be a walk-on at Washington State when Paul Wolf was there. And he okay. was like, this is like, you want to know what Paul Wolf would sell people on? We get to be on ESPN TV, like, for games. <laughs> like, that's what people from Washington State and coaches from there are trying to sell these kids on. And then Mike Leach comes in and he changes it. You get the right coach. And if you, you know, if someone tries to tell me that this staff isn't the right staff, I would honestly sit down with you, have a cup of coffee so I don't get, you know, so my blood pressure doesn't rise. But this is the right staff because you have to have support, not only from the fans, from the players, from former players. Like, that's what you have to do. And so by, I would say by giving up your season tickets, and I get it, man. Like, it's your money, right? So if you're like, I'm tired of spending my money on to watch my team lose, I'm just going to say that in a couple of years, I truly feel like you're going to, like, if you did it, I think you would regret it. Just because as a player, when it flips, it's going to be awesome for the players. When it flips for the fans and you see Reacher fill up all the way, like you can't buy a ticket, like, that's going to be awesome. And you're a season ticket holder, and when it flips, they win nine games, eight games, ten games. They make it to a bowl game. Like, when it flips and Oregon State starts crushing some teams, you're going to be like, listen, I was a part of – and you should 100% take credit for that. I was a part of the flip because the fans who stay there, that's and that's what a lot of people don't talk about is the fans that are there supporting through the rough patches – they are just as big of a, a part of the flip as the players are because without the support, then you couldn't get anything. So I'm just saying if you hold it down, right, you hold down these season tickets for a little longer, and I get it. Like I said, it's your money. But you hold it down, you're going to see it's the same thing with Colorado. It's going to flip. They're going to start winning big games. They're going to start going places, winning games on the road. They're going to start making bowl games. They're going to start blowing people out of the water in research and at away games. So I'm just saying, my man, if you do it, you can do it. It's your money. But I'm saying when it does flip, you're going to love if you keep them that you kept them. That's all I have to say. There you go. And I'll just answer one because I know Matt and I go back and forth on this. Um, He asked, am I on board with the plan of needing six to seven Juco D linemen? And, you know, I I, I say three. I don't think six or seven is a big chunk of your class. Right. I say three because there are some guys, like I said, Evan Bennett in this class, Corey Stover, um, Kelsey Kel- Kel- Hennessy, but then you have the guys from last year. So I'm going with three two coats. So that, that's my take. Uh, and I have yeah. one more here. It's interesting. So I don't know, Marcus, if you've been on, in, in the lodge much, but um, 
we have an amazing poster, OSU prof, professor at Oregon State, and he is dialed in with, I mean, he is like amazing with research. Like he will put together some very thoughtful posts. And it's been talked about just that Oregon State doesn't spend as much of the athletic budget on football as several other of the programs that even have less money coming in. You know, Washington State, Utah, and Colorado all have less budgets than Oregon State, but they put a bigger proportion of that money toward football than Oregon State. So there's been this huge discussion. Um, Giant Killers 83 asks, are President Ray and Scott Barnes even clued in to the fact that attendance, not tickets sold, is still not good, that Texas high school teams draw more than we do these days, and that even the students are bailing. And then you start losing, you know, like the 70s, 80s, early 90s, you have this whole lost generation of students that really didn't even care. Yeah. I, I think, I think uh, especially Scott Barnes is clued in. Um, and he wanted to know, um, when are we going to see uh, Prof and Scott Barnes on the pod? That's a, that's a good one. I, I don't know if we could make that happen, but it would be a, a good discussion. It would be. I mean, it does seem like that, though. That And that maybe that's why I was talking. I don't know who does, like, the whole pregame stuff, but it's been the same since since Coach Riley left. Like, the whole pregame, like, like the third down, I get the chainsaw stuff, but it's like even the music, like, right? The fans know what's coming. Like, I think that's what makes when you have a – and it, I hate saying it, guys, please, when I say this, please do not hate me. But University of Oregon does a great job for fan experience. They really do because sometimes when the fan makes me go cover their games, as unfortunate as it is, I have to go to Eugene – I'm sorry, it sucks, I know, but when you go down there, right, and you're at the game, like, they just have a bunch of unexpected stuff. Like, the mascot comes out in, like, a weird costume, or the mascot does this, or he does that, and it's it was the same with Colorado, same with Washington, Washington State, like, that's the kind of stuff is just, you have to make the f- experience better for the fans, and you have to make it, like, and I said, college football is all about hype. So if you can make, like, if you can just make it unpredictable, is basically what I'm trying to say. It's going to be a lot better. But I just feel like it's too predictable. And even right, the fans who or the fans who aren't the students, like, they know what's coming and they know exactly when it comes and like what it sounds like for a game day. And like, yeah, it's the same every single time. Not enough '90s and 2000s hip hop. <laughs> See, I kind of like the Drake, but hey, that's okay. I know. But uh, Angie. That was another great episode. We didn't really have to talk about Kyle. I like it. I yes, like that. Yes, yes. And thank you to our sponsors. Yes. Um, super it, excited um, to have you guys on board. And thank you for supporting the damn podcast. Yes, thank you guys so much. And before we go, uh, everyone in, in the Beaver Blitz Lodge, everybody in, you know, on Twitter or anyone who really listens, um, I was just saying that the fan experience or, like, uh, for example, the listener experiences – is different like we want it to be different every time especially at football games so you know we kind of want this to be different too so like i said if you guys want to do maybe like some polls maybe come at you guys with some questions or whatever it is anyway we could switch up the podcast if you guys would like or if you just like the format right now but anyway we could switch it up and you know really make it that much more entertaining for you we would love to do so just let us know and give us your ideas but because uh, marcus and i really kind of think maybe you're tired of listening to us rant every oh, week i think so <laughs> I, know, I know for a fact because sometimes i rant to my mom about some football stuff and she's like son i honestly don't care like i'm, I'm tired of <laughs> i heard it too much <laughs> so that well, kind of in my house where that's all like we talk about true yes <laughs> But everybody, again, thank you for listening to another episode of the Dan Podcast with your host, Angie Machado, 
and Marcus Grease. We will be back next week to talk more Oregon State. Maybe if they play extremely good, we'll talk about the game. If not, we'll have to figure out something else to talk about. But again, thank you guys so much for listening.